Welcome back, listeners. Chasing uh, birdies. Another episode. Ryan Bashauer here with my co-host Jonathan Peppy. I mean, bud, I can introduce myself. Well, I don't need I don't need you to introduce me. Yeah, but you know, sometimes you you don't remember your name. So I'm getting old. Gout, gout flares up, gets to your head. Yeah. Anyways, how's everything going, bud? Good, dude. Good, good. We got some sunshine today. A little bit of sunshine, a little bit of warmer weather. That means mm-hmm. we're nearing golf season. And we're also hitting March Madness pretty heavy. Uh-huh. Games start this Thursday. Mm-hmm. This will be a great opportunity for me to not watch and not place any wagers. Because we all know that during March Madness, shit goes south. Yeah, yeah. you don't exactly uh, bet the right games or make the right bet. No. It's tough. But, hey, you, you have that in life, and uh, you know what? That's the beauty of chasing birdies. Mm-hmm. You chase a lot of birdies in betting, but, mm-hmm. hey, yeah. that's why you keep coming after it, right? Because mm-hmm. whenever you finally hit that one. Oh, man, it's like it's like a whole It's one. like whenever you hit your driver flush. Oh, my God. Never, It very rarely happens, but when you do, it feels good and keeps you coming back for more, right? Well, it's funny. My driver's fine, but it's the seven irons that I'm starting to shank. And I just cold-hearted shanking. Actually, yesterday, with our next guest that's coming up today on Chasing Birdies, had the pleasure of playing golf with him two days ago in Nashville. Step up on the 17th tee box, mm-hmm. and two knuckleheads are standing on their back porch chirping us. It's a 153-yard par three. Cold heart shank it up 16 fairway. I got a buck 23 back to the pin. <laughs> I mean, it was an absolute... Pure shank, dude. It was, was, it was. You know what I call? It? I've mentioned it before, but it's a hosel rocket up Lee Jansen's ass. Oh, so far. What? Hey, I'm sure he was really impressed with your game. Uh, and uh, and we are impressed with this guy. The fact that we have him on the pod. We are excited to have Tyler Reeve on the pod today. And and uh, the guy can write songs. He can sing songs. Mm-hmm. Does it all? Crack a few cold ones. Cold ones. How about cold tequila? And let me tell you something. He loves golf. It's it, it shows. So no, we're we're absolutely uh you know pretty stoked about this one. So So let's roll you right into Tyler Reeve. And don't forget, follow us on Instagram at Chasen underscore birdies, mm-hmm. giveaways, yeah. head covers, towels, hats. All right, that's enough. Yeah. I mean, Bash, like I said before, Bash is clean out of his closet. Uh, so hopefully you all wear mediums out there because mm-hmm. there's a lot of them coming yeah. to you. And let's roll it right into Tyler Reeve. Yep, let's do it. Here we go. As you all know by now, Chase and Birdies is proud to be partners with Holderness and Bourne. Check them out online at hbgolf.com. Holderness and Bourne makes fabulous pieces that help you look good on the course, even if your game is not up to par. Check out their new arrivals now for this golf season. Also, head on over to ChasingBirdies.com to get some custom Chasing Birdie gear from Holderness and Bourne. We'll continue to drop these pieces through every season. That's ChasingBirdies.com and Holderness and Bourne at HBGolf.com. We got a really good one on the hook today. This man wrote, not only is he a country artist himself, but he's also a hell of a songwriter. He wrote a song called In Case You Didn't Know, 
which Brett Young sang and also wrote a, another song with Luke Combs and Eric Church. And so today on the pod, we have Tyler Reeve. Yeah, man, what's up? We're just, uh, you know, surviving here in southwestern PA, north central West Virginia. We're dealing with the snow. You got a little bit of that white stuff down there in Nashville? <laughs> yeah, man. It's probably wreaked a little more havoc down here than it does <laughs> up there. Y'all are used to it. Down here, it's like the end of the world. I'll tell you what, man. It's crazy seeing everything that's happened down there and in, in, in the Texas. It's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a clusterfuck. Yeah, I think we fared a little better than Texas, so prayers out to them. But, but yeah, it's been, it's been kind of wild here. So, well, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. And um, tell us a little bit about yourself. You grew up in Alabama. How did you fall in love with golf? How did golf come into your life? A little bit about that. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I was born in uh, Mobile, Alabama, down on the Gulf Coast. And then my dad uh, loves golf. He's played my entire life. And he started taking me out of the golf course when I was probably, you know, five, six or something like that, old enough to not annoy him too much, I guess, while I was out there. And so I would always hit balls and that kind of stuff, but I didn't really start playing a ton until I was like, I guess, 13 or 14. And then uh, I played very mediocrely on my high school golf team and that kind of stuff. And then got into college. When I was in college, uh, a good friend of mine and I started playing one random, I think, like our freshman year summer or something. We could play free at the, I went to Florida State, so we could play free at the Seminole Golf Course. And so, we would go out there and walk 18 like every single day. That's awesome. So that's really kind of where I really started getting into it and getting the fever and kind of loving golf and all that stuff. And then um, and I started playing music and shows out when I was in, in college, and that kind of equated to when I graduated, just to sticking with the music. Uh, and uh, the golf kind of stayed along with it. It never really <laughs> – I never really got sick of golf, so uh, – and then I guess for a while, yeah, I mean, I was, like, actually paying some of my bills with uh, playing some amateur golf tournaments <laughs> in Atlanta there you go. when I first moved there. Yeah, so I was, like, I had a – we had this, this great foursome of, like, these guys that were uh, a very unlikely ragtag crew of four, but we had it all covered. So I'd win, you know, I'd win, like, a long drive. So I'd win the driver. I'd win something mm-hmm. else and win – you know, a pair of golf shoes, wherever I just go sell them and hustle. Help pay some yeah, you're just hu- <laughs> yeah. you're just hustling, yeah. and you take some money on the side yeah, and, and make it work. So, so you're living in yeah. Nashville right now. Um, how how did we how did you get to Nashville? I mean, I know that you're country music uh, yourself, but you're a writer too. So it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a lot more common now than it was. It kind of used to be writer. There were writers and there were artists, and you know, so someone like. George Strait, for instance, who's the king of country music with 65 number one hits. George has written a couple over the years, but the majority of his songs were written by different writers like a Dean Dillon or Aaron Barker, one of those kind of guys that were, were writers and not artists at all. And then George was the artist side of that. And there's still some artists that don't write as much, and it makes them no lesser of an artist or anything. But nowadays, a lot of artists are writers. Uh, they've, they've figured out that you know, they can they can kind of tailor to what they want to say when they're in the room. Um, they become better writers, kind of better at their craft. And uh, and then, of course, they get a you know, percentage of the writer's share as well, which is nice money-wise. So when, when, when you say writer, okay, because I guess this is something I'm probably not well-versed on, are we talking lyrics or are we talking actually chord progressions or both? Everything, all at one time. So the whole kit and caboodle. Right, so... A typical write 
Um, and of course, those have changed a little with the COVID situation and doing some Zoom writing and stuff. But you know, a typical write in Nashville would be, you know, say the three of us meet up. Say y'all are my co-writers that day. We'd meet up at maybe 10 o'clock, maybe 11 o'clock in the morning. We'd sit down, kick around some ideas, some titles, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then if there's one that we all kind of gravitate or to and think that that's something to chase, we'll kind of settle on that. Then start kind of coming up with a little groove uh, on the guitar and some kind of little melody thing. And then kind of start placing lyrics in there. And then, you know, those lyrics may lead to changing a melody here or there or some kind of different thing structurally with a chord progression. And uh, usually, you know, in about three, three hours, maybe four hours max, you're, you walk out with a, a song that's finished. Wow. That's crazy because you've probably written a lot of songs, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's like, it really is. So they, they break it down. You know, if I write a song with two other guys, that really counts like towards my publishing deal as a, as one third of a song. It doesn't, I, I only own 33% of the song. Right. Mm-hmm. But so if I write 150 songs a year, as those get turned in, it, it equates to me writing 50 songs a year mm-hmm. in their eyes. But the actuality of, you know, what you've been a part of writing and songs you've written. Yes. Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of writers are writing, you know, between a hundred and 200 songs a year. So which, which you go, go back and look at that for a while and it adds up pretty quickly which is crazy because it's that the name of the podcast is chasing birdies and and that's what you're you're chasing the next hit uh, on every every time you're writing a song you're trying to chase that next hit absolutely and you know i I mean (laughs) there are a lot of similarities with golf and and songwriting itself and i think that's why so many songwriters love playing golf but it's a similar thing i mean it's, it's hard you know i know how to write a song and I I can go out there one day and be like, hey, I've got this great idea that's going to be an easy song to write. And it's hard to do. I mean, you some days you really nail it and you are you fire a 68 equivalent and mm-hmm. that's a hit song. Some days you feel like you've got it and, you you know, you're hitting them great on the range. Then you go out there and you just can't find it. You're like, I know how to swing a golf club. Like, why is the ball not going where I want it to go? Right. Or what am I doing? And so there's a lot of that. I mean, you know, and you've got it's kind of the same way you could almost handicap it. It's like, yeah, you know, guys that are professional yeah. songwriters, their bad songs are better than what I would write. And some people's great songs, right? But then, you know, they still have to write those great songs to be. So, I mean, it definitely is. It's it's you're chasing that that next hit. You know, and it's it's uh, it's a hard game <laughs> game to play in life. But uh, it's but it's awesome, man. I love it. It's very rewarding. I mean, it's really cool when you get get a song that's a hit song and, and seeing other people out there singing lyrics to a song you wrote or, you know, people sending you messages saying, you know, Hey man, this song changed my life or, you know, we got married to the song or this, like all that kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's a cool thing. Now when you're in the country music scene for, for Ryan and I, we're both uh, fairly decent golfers. Uh, we show up to the golf course. You wait, you're decent. All right, bud. Right. <laughs> show up to the golf course and somebody wants you on their team all the time, right? Hey, he's, He's a two handicap. He's a three handicap, but but he's he's really good. We'll take him. Is that kind of in the country music when you when you show up into a, a music uh, writing studio? Are they like, hey, there's Tyler. Yeah. We need that guy on our team right now. Is, is does that go on? I mean, yes, in a sense. It's not the same as like you know showing up that day and then you randomly find you know right, your, right. my calendar booked like two three months out. So certainly, um, you know, as people get 
get hot or writing more hits at a time or whatever, mm. it definitely becomes, it's like your foursome becoming a better and better foursome of your, you know, when you go play at the club that you just joined and you don't really know anybody mm. and you're a five or six handicap and you go out there and play, they're like, oh, it's fun playing with that guy. And you get better and better and you get down to a one and a half, two handicap and start playing with those guys. The best guys at the club want to start playing with you. That's a lot of the same, like, I guess in, in writing, you know, as you have more hits, it tends to be that more of your rights are with other hits. Yeah, they, you know, so, they want a piece of you, basically. Right, and there's and a, a lot of their, that comes with, you know, you have friends that, that you met years ago that you've written with that have hits at different times, and, you know, it doesn't always equate to the same time that you all have these hits and kind of grow up in a class of writers that had hits at this time or whatever, mm-hmm. but it definitely helps. I mean, once you have hits, you tend to be writing more with other hit songwriters and that tends to give you better shot at just like if you're, you know, if your foursome goes out and you have all guys that are scratched in your group, you're going to have a lot better shot at winning a, you know, a tournament than you do if you have guys that are, you know, all 10 handicaps or something like that. That's not being played handicaps because there's no handicap in country music right. as far as what they put on the radio. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, it's who you know too. So, well, I'm looking at your handicap right now. Five point one low low index is a one point four. Single I'm, digit. I, yeah, I'm I'm taking Tyler on my team, bud. So why don't you get someone over there? <laughs> I mean, if he, he can play yeah. to a one point four, so the four shots. I mean, yeah. you might as well just pay us. <laughs> so you're playing your golf out at Old Hickory. You got a good crew there. Yeah, man, it's awesome. So the guy who bought our club, I joined out there about three years ago. Another one of my best friends and another hit songwriter, a guy named Cole Taylor, he joined out there because it was near his house. And uh, he's like, man, this, this track is great. And, like, I hadn't – he's like, I haven't really heard it before. And then I went out and played, and it's awesome. you got to come out. And so I went out there one day, and we played a show that night, like, for the club or whatever, like a little acoustic deal. Mm-hmm. And I played golf that day, and I was – I just loved it. I was like, man, this is a great, great course. So I joined, and uh, not long after that, the guy who owns Tootsie's and Honky Tonk mm. Central and Kid Rock, Big Ass Honky Tonk, all that stuff downtown, uh, he bought our club. And he wanted to make it, like, very music-friendly club. So he was pushing for a lot of, you know, artists and younger guys to come out there. So since then, I mean, it's the list is long. We've got a lot of great guys out there. Randy Hauser, Riley Green, Jamie Johnson, Kid Rock's out there. I mean, it goes That's crazy. the list goes on and on. And it's a ton of great songwriters too and so we have a blast out there and then also a guy i've been great friends with for i guess about uh about seven or eight years now but uh john daly is a good friend of the guy who bought it Steve. Oh, wow. um, and so daily daily started coming out there and playing and he got them to start putting like to cut all these john daly keys into it and they just put a bunch more money into it um up the you know all the stuff they're paying for upkeep every year and now it's like our greens are i would say they're the best greens in tennessee i mean they're unbelievable they're we're rolling 12 and a half 13 i mean they're and they're pure they're awesome great greens we put a lot more money into other stuff so it's it's a fun track man and they give us a lot of leeway to do what we want have a good time and uh i mean i, I love that's, it that's that's awesome i mean it sounds like a good time and then you got a good group of guys not that, that's what makes golf i mean honestly if you have guys that just yeah, yeah. that are oh. terrible golf and, and aren't fun. You, it just makes for a long day. Brings you down, right? 
yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, the good thing for us out there is it, when it first started, it was, it was myself, a guy named Cole Taylor, and this other guy, Thomas Archer. And we were always looking for a fourth. So we were, you know, hitting up any buddies we had to go out there with us, and they'd come out and pay the guest fee, and, you know, we'd, we'd play. We'd always, we were always looking for a fourth. And now, I mean, we have a group text of members that are all musicians. That's awesome. Uh, that group text probably has like, 20, has like 24 people on it. Yeah. So you can't even, I mean, if you've got a tea time, like it, those spots are taken within like three minutes. You text the group, you're like, hey, who wants, like, I've got 1140 all Wednesday. I mean, within minutes of sending a, you know, yeah, everyone's like, I'm there. Yeah. So you're like, okay. We got 16 so, guys. I mean, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so it's a lot of fun, man. And it's, it is, uh, it's, it is a, really good time out there when, whenever y'all uh get down to nashville y'all have to make a trip down i know you said you're cut passing through on your way down to alabama but uh i'll, I'll definitely have to take y'all out there you'll have a, an absolute blast man. I'd love not that. me i love it ryan bashauer i'm i'm not a member anyone west virginia but ryan bashauer is a member at uh, pete die golf club and you need to check this spot out it's incredible man it's in west virginia yeah i probably played it i played I played the uh, what's it? Is the one that goes through the uh, like the little caves in the little railroad? Yeah, the, yeah, like, the cool cars. Yep. Stuff. I I went and played that. Uh, I played the Carolina Country Music Festival uh, two August of two years ago, I guess. And we went out and played. That was a great track, man. It was, if I remember correctly, I think it was on like eighteen. It was like a real narrow par four. Yeah, creek on the left. You're like your landing spots real crazy, and then you could yeah. And then there's a par three where you can ride your cart through like the old railroad yeah. track thing. Or, yeah, Ryan cost us yeah. a member guest that's, on eighteen, but we won't go down that road. Um, <laughs> that's true. Anyways, uh, wait, what what festival did you play at? It was put on by CCFM. I would have to look and see what that was called. It was it was me, Hank Jr., the Davidson Brothers. Uh, I'm trying isn't, to think of who is, isn't DJ Stout involved with that? Yeah, hundred percent. Yep, Stout's involved yeah. in that. Yep, he was there. Yeah, and uh, we went out. I guess we were there for. We played two nights. We did like a Southern Rounds kind of like songwriter type thing. Uh, one of the nights, and then like the next day, we went out and played golf and came back and hung up the festival and mm. all that stuff. But it was it was a lot of fun. Actually, a funny story about that. So if you look, I'll I'll text you all this picture or something because it's, it's hilarious. But when when I had this last number one, which was a, a does to me, which Luke Holmes featuring Eric Church. When you get a number one song, they put a big banner up on Music Row. You know, your publisher will put it up there mm-hmm. and it'll say, you know, whatever, Warner Chapel congratulates Tyler Reeve on his number one song, Does to Me, or whatever. So I get a message and uh, they're like, hey, send us a picture, you know, for the number one. And most people, you know, you send in these like headshots you got or whatever, some, right. you know, some kind of picture like that. And I was out with some buddies that had a few or something. So I just being funny, I sent this picture of me with a guitar on a horse. Um, and it, it was from that festival. I got on a horse with my guitar and, uh, was on a, on the, uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> sorry. Uh, and yeah, so I sent that picture and they really did. And, it. uh, I, I forgot about it. And then like, I'm immediately getting, you know, this is like two months later. I'm getting these pictures from music Grove. Me looking like a jackass <laughs> on a horse, and then there's like, there's like, there's Eric Church, Luke Combs, and Ray Fulcher all looking like super professional. Oh, like, and there I am and, smiling on a horse. I, but, but I took that at that festival. That picture was taken at that festival. Um, 
I guess like the, the day before is when I went and played your track. Well, we need to get you back up here, man, because they've changed it a lot since you've been here. I mean, oh. I don't think the the Pete's place was there. He would love no. that. Oh, I man. mean, just Tyler, it's you'd... a it's an outdoor patio, but huge putting green, hangout, beers flowing. For me, the cigars are lit. Yeah. Um, so we're at Old Hickory. So let's say we're at Old Hickory. What's the money game that you boys are playing? So the cool thing about out there is there are a lot of younger guys that have come into the club and everything like that. But this, but our kind of our older membership, they they play a money game every single day, seven days a week. So um, and they have invited us into it. So it's fun. You'll go out there. They play. They all see off between like eleven and twelve twenty every day. There will be just skins at large. It'll be everybody throws in whatever twenty bucks, and then we play it as a points game, just table for. So there's you're getting your getting your points, and then also uh, you know there's skins versus everyone else that's in the group. So a lot of times you've got you know twenty to twenty four guys in the game. Oh, it's so good. Um, so you know yeah, so you have so those skins will be worth a little bit, and you know depending on on where you're getting them, or they get covered up a lot on any of the ones that are that are easier uh, easier holes and stuff. But and then with our group, a lot of times we've we play Wolf a good bit, but we've also been playing. Uh, we play. Y'all ever play COD like carts opposite drivers? No, no. So it's it's a great game for if you've got kind of a mixed bag of handicaps. Yeah. Uh, most of our group is similar, but so it's the first six holes, it's match play. You know, you'd say whatever twenty bucks, and then so the first six holes would be the carts against each other. The second six holes would be the opposites. So a driver from one cart with the passer of the other mm. cart. As teammates, and then the last, uh, the last match would be uh, the drivers against the Passengers. riders. Well, well, hopefully, Bash isn't the driver because you wouldn't be able to see him over the steering wheel. So, uh, a little <laughs> hey, short, dude. This guy, you know, Tyler. He he cracks jokes at my height. This is like the fifth time he's done it, and you know what? I have, I've not had a problem with my height in thirty-four years. And guess what? I don't expect that to change <laughs> ever. Um, we we play a fun game. Right. We play a fun game. It's called Eeny Meeny Miny. Okay, so basically it's it's Ryan and I, you and a buddy, uh, we're playing. First hole's best ball, second ball's or er, mm-hmm. second hole's high low, third hole's individual mm-hmm. matches. So I'll take you, Ryan will take your partner, and then we switch every third hole. So then I'll take your partner on the sixth hole and Ryan will take you. So five points every three holes. You can play for a dollar of points, cokes, whatever. Um, but it's a fun because it keeps you on your toes at all times. Yeah, 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 man. So I'm just the same. We're always looking for like what what are fun games to play because you get kind of bored of the same old ones. We, I mean, we also always play a lot of times with our foursomes. We're playing, you know, we do whatever two dollars or five dollars a dot, and then we're doing we're doubling that for birdies, tripling it for eagles, and then you're doing, uh, but it's every man for themselves, two tie, all tie. Mm-hmm. So that's not, that's you know, good. by the end of it, it can be, it can be. Uh, you, you'd like to think that would all even out, but um, some days you end up walking away with a pretty good little pile. But um, but that's always fun too. And and then we do all kinds of in the summertime. It's just like it's light till about nine o'clock. So uh, one thing we started doing a lot. John Daly plays barefoot almost all the time during the summer. So we would play and finish whatever 18 or 27 or 36 and then anytime it's after like 6 p.m we all take our shoes off and go out there and play and we'll call it on the whole we'll be like you know this whole seven irons only mm. and then or the next one might be like 
you know, any other random, we just make them up hole by hole, each one, and do them as individual sets, which is which is always a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, dude, so I'm get I'm catching this vibe down in Nashville. I was I was playing at Troubadour in November, and yep. ironically, Brett Young was on range. I didn't. Why, why would I talk to him? I don't know him, and he don't know me. But I was with a buddy who is in the music industry and plays drums and and, and knows Brett. And so, first tee at Troubadour, the guy goes, "Hey, you yeah. can do whatever you want, just don't play naked." And I'm like, "What?" And he literally meant that. He's like, "Dude, we have people out here all the time in shorts, no shirt, no shoes, music blaring. Brett Hall's like four oh, yeah. holes behind us. I could hear his music." Oh yeah, man. Holly's always he's he's got. So I go down there a good bit with uh, Cole Swindell's down there, who's a good friend of mine. Of course, Brett's down there, um, and then the guy that runs at Johan Coke, and uh, also there's a great teacher out of there, Matt Killen, um, who he does a lot of uh, JT. Well, JT lives there. Yes, um, yeah, we, yeah, we. But uh, so J, he does uh, all the putting. He's basically the putting coach for Tiger and JT, and he lives there. Matt Killen. Um, yeah, Matt Killen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so I play with those guys down there a ton, and it is definitely – it's a different ball game, though. Like, it's – you know, I like to go down there once or twice a month because it is an all-day affair, and you have to take – get some kind of ride service down there and ride service <laughs> back. Wait, dude, how about that bar there above the range oh, with yeah. the fire pit? And Yeah, that's uh, – they call it Luther's, which is that's Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan, of course, has seven lots there, but they, it's called Luther's after Luke. First that name. is so funny. That range. Yeah, and it's a great track, man. Great track. Oh man, you can't beat the range with the tractor. And they got the actually last time I was out there, they've got these. They have fires everywhere out there. As you yeah. Notice, like that, they're intentionally burning, not like on fire, but uh, and they put they put some out in the range, not too long ago. There, there was one like 160 yards out there, and the first pulled an eight iron out of the bag like first swing i hit it lands in the fire pit sends all this like crazy smoke and sparks up and everything and the guy that worked at the range there he's like oh my god dude i've been waiting to see something <laughs> like a ball actually go in there he's like none, none of them have gone in yet so, so that's definitely cool that, that range is unbelievable that's definitely one of the best in the country. well it's the track man range too so i mean all you got to do is download that app on your phone and start hitting balls and every shot is picked up on your phone yeah it tells you yeah man and they use all the uh because, you know, they'll give it to you, too. I remember we were out there playing a, uh, a charity event, and they did a long drive from up there on the top of the range. Like, it was for longest drive carry. And uh, Hunter Mahan was out there, and I think he carried, I think, like, 324 was the long. And then Ryan Johansson, who plays hockey for the Preds and hits the ball out, he carried, he carried it. 334 and then 343 consecutively. Dude, that's, that's, that's smoked. I mean, bombs, bombs up there. Yeah. Smoked. But, um, yeah, man, that's, that's a great track, though. So if you play down there, like I said, that's kind of one style of uh, golf in Old Hickory's. Old Hickory's just as fun. It's a little different. I mean, we still have plenty of drinks out there and everything, but that's a little more of a – that's more of a, an event when you go down to Troubadour. So you, yeah, no, I would attest to that. So you write – you help co-write or you write um, – the song with Luke Holmes and Eric Church uh, does to me. And circling back to Luke, he's got that song, Loving on You. And I think one one line in that song says something about a birdie on a par five and a Miller Lite before noon. How true is that? I mean, oh, yeah. He, 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 is he... Yeah, definitely, man. And, yeah, well, and, I mean, the thing is, so, uh, so, Ray, 
grateful if you're uh, well that song was written loving on you was written by thomas archer one of those three guys i was talking about that was the, we were the first three out there at old hickory thomas was a co-writer on loving on you and another guy named james mcnair who is actually now out at old hickory great golfer his dad owns a golf course all kinds of stuff but uh yeah that's that's for sure i know luke's had a little uh he's gotten a little disheartened with his golf game uh as of late i think the last time we were supposed to go play golf I was told he, he had given up golf, that it wasn't as fun for him. Was it Lent? <laughs> Is it Lent? Maybe that's why. Yeah, it's true. It was Lent started yeah. last Wednesday, so. Yeah. Well, that happens. Yeah, he said he really, he said, he said really it's just that he likes to be good at everything he does, and golf is just so hard. Yeah. It, <laughs> that's that's under, understood. But, yeah, he's, he goes out and has, he does some golf tournaments and stuff like that, and I'm sure he has one out there. Ray Fulcher, who's written a ton of stuff with him and a good buddy of mine, loves golf and we've been tailoring that into a lot of shows we do like we just went to orlando ray fulcher and i did it we played two nights in orlando we played friday night at the country club of orlando played a show and then the next night we did a like to open to the public ticketed event show and uh friday we played islesworth and then saturday we did country club of orlando dude and then i think so we we tailor all that stuff into there i think next time we're going down we're doing uh playing lake nona mm. all that stuff so i mean we love all that. I mean, that's that's all I'm trying to do is I just want to play all the best. Hey, Amen. Dude, how good is Isleworth? I, I played Isleworth. I used to play in the Isleworth Invitational. This year I did not. I went to Scottsdale with my uh, other buddy to play in an event. But, dude, Isleworth last year I played with Stuart Appleby. And, dude, how, how good are those greens? They're great, man. I was actually surprised because, um, to be honest, I don't love – florida golf as much like the, the grass is always like a little grabby and it, the greens always seem a little slow to me which i get because the heat they're dealing with throughout the summer and stuff those greens always seem to me like they're rolling like nine maybe a ten if you're on uh-huh. a good one i'll work i mean they those things are flying they were yeah they're probably they're probably 12 12 and a half and it's a very uh i figured out that it's very it's quadrant green golf like you you know yep. you have to know what quadrant to hit it on because if you're not yep you're not even on the green, or if you have a putt left somewhere, you're you can't keep it on the green. That kind of stuff, which is similar similar to Old Hickory, we have kind of the same thing. It's you know we've got holes where you can be on and doing a par five, but if you're behind the hole after your putt, you're going to be thirty yards short of mm-hmm. the green again at the bottom of the hill. What what did you do on number number two at Isleworth? That's that long skinny par three. Yep, I hit a six iron about uh, probably like I'd say five five yards left of the green and then got up and down. For Amen. The, uh, the guy with it, though, that plays there all the time, he he hit it to like 10 feet and drained it. And he said that was his first birdie he's ever had there. <laughs> That's it's, a, it's a great hole, though, but I think that that hole, too, like it just it's more a mental thing because the shot itself is not that difficult. It just looks like such a shoot yeah. that, you're, that you're like, man, if I pull this at all or if I push this and block it a little bit, and it's, you know, I mean, it's a little bit, daunting to look at i don't think it's as, if you can get that out of your head i don't think it's as tough of a of a hole but it's a really cool it's definitely when you get when you're two holes in on a 185 yard par three and you've got a about a 15 yard wide shoot to go to the green it's oh. definitely a little a little more wrecking dude yeah it is now they got some good courses around there in orlando obviously yeah, they do, man. They do. And I, honestly, like Country Club Orlando is a great track, too, man. We had fun playing that. I've never played there um, either. And then I I just got on uh, – I'm going down in April to play Grove 23 for MJ's new course. I hear that. Which is, is incredible. Yeah. They say they deliver your drinks uh, with a uh, – Yeah, with a drone. With a drone. 
<laughs> and then that's what I said. I was telling, uh, I was, <laughs> I was telling. So I think uh, Colt Wendell's going down there with me. Is the plan as of now? And I was like, they deliver your drinks with drones. And he's like, yeah, that's what I heard. Oh. I was like, so it literally might be raining transmission. <laughs> right, right. So, well, I heard. Hey, where were we? Oh, that is great. Ryan and I just played in the uh, Sea Island Invitational down in um, Sea Island, Georgia. Uh, Forty nine yep. country clubs. The boys won it. So uh, yeah. not to brag, but yeah, um, really, yeah, the boys won it. But the guy, our head pro uh, Matt Taschenberg, was telling us he was just at Grove Twenty Three, and if you wear Adidas golf shoes on property, they take them off you, and you have to buy new ones in the shop. Yep. So don't wear Adidas. Well, I'm glad you told me that. Because literally all of my golf shoes are Adidas. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you've got I mean, that go. You might want to test it though and see if it's real. Wear them down. Yeah, you know, actually, actually, because I feel like the way it should be done is if you wear Adidas golf shoes, they take them off you and give you a pair of Air Jordan golf shoes. That's what it should that, be. Well, yeah. they make a that, pair of uh, Jordan golf shoes that are exclusive to Grove Twenty Three. So there you go. You might you might be able to finagle those. You know. Nice. Your, right. your, your buddy Cole, I heard a story. I don't know the whole story, but I heard by the fifteenth hole at Troubadour, he he couldn't he couldn't stand up. <laughs> uh, the, oh yeah. Well, there's there's been some tough days out there. I mean, <laughs> I, like I said, we, you know, Cole Cole's been out there. I guess for about three years. He's a member at Old Hickory too, and plays with us a bunch at, at Old Hickory. But he, uh, one of my best friends in the world. We're 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 carting this for life, as we say. Like we're always in the same cart, always talking each other up having fun playing and we went out there one day just the two of us and uh he's like man i've been a member here for three years and i've actually never carded the full round <laughs> like and put in my score and he's like so um he's like let's try and you know let's see what we can do today so so i was like yeah man sounds good and he's like then we can play more after or whatever so we get out there it was actually the day of the lsu alabama football game and oh my uh, god so he and I are both friends with some of the LSU coaches, coaching staff, and they went out there that morning. Uh, they also parked their – they took the bobtail off the LSU equipment truck and parked it in front of JT's house because he's an Alabama fan. Um, and, of course, JT had flown down to uh, – it was actually – sorry, the LSU-Vandy game was – LSU was here playing Vandy, so that's why they were here. And Alabama was playing elsewhere. Sorry, they weren't playing each other. And uh, JT had flown out of the Alabama game. And I guess he sent them a message, you know, he's like, if that thing's not out, gone from the front of my house, when I get back, it's going to be on fire. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, so we played, we're on like, uh, we're on the 15 tee box and, or no, 16 tee box. So we had three holes to play. I was two over, Cole's like four over. We're like, all right, you know, this is great. We're going to, you know, put it around here. We'll be able to card your first round out here in three years. And, uh, and the coaches come and meet us on the tee box because, uh, they were trying to say hey before they left to go to the game, and and uh, of course on that tee box there's a you know a hidden spot in the tree with uh-huh. uh, shots of shots of whiskey, and so of course we did a couple of those, and I think I finished out like bogey double double or something. I mean we got heavy on it, and just but I guess we finally put it around, and we stayed out and played another eighteen. There you go, he finished around. See, <laughs> you got him. Yeah. That is so good. Exactly. So, yeah, man, it's a lot of fun out there. Well, I tell you, I can attest to that, and I, um, I had a great time, and I, I like hearing, I like hearing the stories uh, from that place. And, and everyone, listen, go to Instagram and give Tyler a follow. It's at Tyler Reeve, R E E V E. Uh, again, he's he's written 
several hits in the country music realm, and he's he's also a country artist himself. Loves the game of golf. We're going to transition Tyler into the last segment of our show here. It's it's called the tap-in segment, and Jonathan's going to ask you four or five questions, and, and your your prompt response on the spot is necessary to complete this. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and this is brought to everyone by 44 Concierge. 44 Concierge is the premier concierge company for professional athletes. Started by current NHL vet, Nate Thompson, 44, make sure that all moving parts of an athlete's life are organized and handled so you just worry about singing that song or writing that song, scoring the winning goal, or draining that birdie putt. 44, make sure their athletes enjoy more and worry less. Check them out at 44concierge.com. All right, Tyler, first one. You ready? Yep. I feel like you're going to get upset with me at this one, but Gators or Knowles? Knowles, obviously. When did you graduate from there? 2004. Never been, but I hear it's a fun time. All right. Number two, your dream foursome can be living, dead. Man. Okay, so if I put the foursome together, I will say I've had a couple that are great, but I've played with Daly a ton. Daly, I'm putting him in there just because he's so much fun to play with. I've also played with Jack Nicklaus. I only got to play like four holes with him. Wow. But uh, I'd put I'd put him in there just because Jack. Um, and then, man, it's it's hard to not – it's hard to not put Tiger in there. You know, Tiger really yeah. came to, got to the top of his game when I was really uh, – he was very influential in, in me watching a ton of golf and falling in love with actually watching professional golf. So, yeah, yeah. so I, I, that'd, be, that'd be a good portion for me. All right. Uh, the, the, next, the next one is uh, – there's two parts of it, but Augusta National. Yep. What, what comes to your mind? Well, of course, Amen Corner and, I mean, all the – you know, the the shot, the guys falling apart in some spots and then other just incredible shots. I mean, the Masters is the Masters. I, I go down there a good bit. I've never played Augusta National. i played Augusta Country Club and i played Sage Valley a bunch. But uh, I think uh, I'm wanting to go and be able to spend the whole time during the Masters at some point when crowds mm. are back because I think that's the cool part. And uh, right. also love to watch the par three. That's always fun. That's, that was great, too, with yeah. Jack's grandson getting the hole-in-one. It's awesome. All that stuff. Now, let's say money's not an option, okay? Okay. How much are we spending to play Augusta National for one day? What's your, what's your price to, to, to play it? I mean, what would I pay to play it? Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know. I think I'm going to get to play it actually soon, but I don't know, man. I mean, you know, it's Augusta. <laughs> right but I'd say, I mean, you know, right. I, if someone told me I could play it, if someone told me I could play it tomorrow, I'd pay five grand to go play it. I mean, standard yeah. guest fee coming yeah, yeah. at you. Fair. That's actually the, <laughs> that's yeah, that's the initiation fee there is only 5000 Although their assessment fees are high, but once you're, when you actually join Augusta, the initiation wow. fee at Augusta to join is only five grand. That's crazy. I'll tell you, we, we got one more question, but we played a uh, peach tree golf club down in Atlanta yep. Yep. and man, track. is that place a gem? Yeah. Unbelievable. All right. Last one artist that you want to write a song for currently, or you wished you wrote a song for that passed away. Um, man, I've come close with a couple, uh, that 
for George Strait. I think any of those guys that were kind of a, the big mm-hmm. 90s guys, you know, the George Strait, Tim McGraw, um, you know, Garth, any of that stuff, those, those are definitely bucket lists for having songs on those records. Uh, and, you know, I've come close. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't ended up with anything on there, but there's, I, I love so many of the artists that are out now and, and, feel like I'm living a dream anyway, getting to, getting to write songs and put songs out with them. But yeah, I'd say, I mean, man, George Strait, you, you know, why would mm-hmm. you want to be a part of that? He's guy's got, you know, 65 number one hits. Pretty awesome. That's crazy. That is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you know, you think about if he does a, a three hour show every night, two and a half, three hours, he's got to leave They're all... 35 number one hits out of his set. So that's, oh, I mean, think about that. God. So, I mean, you know, for me, I'm like, cool. I'll put these two, yeah. two, I'll sprinkle these two amongst, amongst my songs <laughs> I'm doing. He's like, which 35 number one hits are we leaving out of the set tonight? <laughs> oh, she all perspective, though, you know? Yeah, that's, but, that's, uh, that's for sure. We uh, really appreciate you you giving us your time. I know you're a busy man and um, really enjoyed talking with you a little bit. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me, man. I, anytime, uh, and I'll be, I'm looking forward to, uh, following along and listening to the podcast uh as you as you talk to some more guys and stuff but it's been a pleasure and i'm glad you glad you asked me to do it yeah no thank you so much and and keep chasing those birdies yeah man i will y'all too well that was a hell of a interview here with tyler reeve fantastic i mean the guy loves golf yeah and and he eats sleeps breathes golf uh Eat, sleeps, breathes, country music, mm-hmm. and um, it's awesome to see. That's that's the cool thing about all this is that they are the best at what they do. I mean, the guy's won best country songwriter of, of the year. year. What mm-hmm. two times? Uh, I think just once. But once, okay. They won everything. He's everything. won everything. I mean, Bash was holding his trophies here about uh, a few days ago. Yeah, and um, he's the best at that. But he wants to get to be so good at golf that mm-hmm. it kills them. And uh, it's great to see. We love it. Hopefully, you guys love the stories that are being told because Tyler had some good ones. Yeah. And I I bet you we'll have them on again and the stories will continue. And and we're going to actually keep it in the country fam for uh, the next episode with uh, country singer Drake White. So you guys all tune in for the next episode of Chasing Birdies uh, with Drake White. And thanks for listening. Hit him straight. Ciao, ciao.